shot the box. Stop, look and watch. Ready yet? Get set. It's all that. Hello and welcome to the Anyplex, the showbiz journey and breakdown podcast. And I'm your host, Andy Majorano. This is episode 16, all that and more. Today I have the incredible honor and opportunity to interview actress, producer, singer, music video maker, alumni of the original cast of Nickelodeon's live sketch comedy show, all that, Alisa Reyes. My goodness. Wow. Somebody that I watched growing up kind of blowing me away. Anyway, let's get right to the interview. Hello, Alyssa. I like music video performer singer. That that was my favorite. All right. <laughs> Thanks cool, for having cool. me. Let's go with that. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Um, I have uh, real quick. I have Bill Parks to thank for uh, linking up an interview with you. Yes. Uh, producer of the Orange Years, a Nickelodeon, the Nickelodeon story, which was uh, two episodes ago, and uh, I was so blown away by the darn thing. And I went to, uh, I was in Boy Scouts with Bill Parks, you know, forever ago, like 20 years oh ago. Oh my gosh, I love it. In Wilmington, Delaware. And uh, I remember he was a performer. We would do, we would do like skits, campfire skits, you know, and all that. And, I could uh, see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so friend of a friend, I ended up uh, bumping into him out here in LA. Of course, this was during the pandemic, so we didn't physically bump into each other. It was a, you know bump from afar, but uh, virtually bumped. And uh, he's telling me about this awesome project. And then he got me an interview with uh, director Scott Barber of The Orange Years. And I know you're a producer of that. I want to like to talk about that some today as well, if you have time. Of course. Uh, that thing blew me away. I was crying the whole time. <laughs> memory lane, I, huh? Yeah, memory lane. So I grew up with, with Nick and... Um, we didn't have it though in our house. I had to go down to my neighbor's house. Okay. We had like very, very limited cable package. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so to have you today on my podcast to talk about your journey, very exciting. So thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. Oh, it's it's my sincere pleasure. So yeah, on this uh, podcast, we like to talk about people's origin stories, and uh, I'd love to hear your, your your story. Your you know what. Did you get the acting bug at an early age? Was there something, was there a movie you saw? Was there like a moment in time where you said, gotta do this? Yeah, I'm originally from Manhattan, New York, but I've been out in sunny California for over 20 years now. I'm Irish, Italian, Dominican, so I like to call myself a little bit of the United Nations. Um, <laughs> I started acting officially like around seven years old joined SAG in 1990 um, and been going 30 years strong. I, when I first had the bug to want to be an actress, I think I was probably like around three and I was trying to stick my head in the TV and my mom goes, oh honey, that's not the way you're going to get there. <laughs> and so <laughs> I go, okay, I want to go be on Sesame Street. And so I remember my mom and I took these like really bad black and white photos of me where I was, I looked like I was like in a quinceanera prom dress. It wasn't probably that dramatic, but that's how it felt. And my hair was like crimped, you know, cause it was the early eighties, mid eighties. 
And I remember just from like socially talking, networking to people that were fellow actors and finding out locally what was happening in Manhattan, New York, we were able to like find a couple of agencies and just cross our fingers. My mom wrote on the back of these five by seven, four by six photos, um, my age, my height, my special skills. I mean, it was the most bootleg package ever. And by the grace of God, we actually got a couple calls. And I was like, is this for real? Is this really happening? And this one agency at the time by the name of Tracy's Kids, shout out to Tracy, uh, asked me to come in for an appointment and I'll never forget like she handed me a script to like Smucker's Jams and Jellies and I had to cold read and a lot of people don't know what cold reading means that means you're basically given something on the spot and you have to read something on the spot and I was like all right let's cross my fingers that I know how to say these words or whatever because I was like literally like seven years old you know still mastering my reading skills <laughs> and That's incredible I was always kind of the person that was sassy outgoing I am an only child so I always love to be the center of attention and perform for my family. And I went in there and just was my authentic self. And on the spot, she signed me. And I was like, so elated. And I'll never forget, she sends me out on like one of my first auditions, which was for a Honey Nut Cheerios commercial. And it was a national SAG commercial. So a lot of people don't realize SAG-AFTRA is the union for us actors that we're all in, you know, the that. Yeah. Screen Actors Guild, that is the goal in life is to eventually be a part of this amazing union that I've been a part of for such a long time. And the fact that I booked something that was actually union was like the mother load to me. You know, usually actors have to go through an immense amount of jobs to, you know, get into the union. But I will say just to backtrack, before I even had my meeting with her, I was doing background work modeling, you know, a little under fives and things. I paid a lot of my dues as a child into, yeah. yeah, I was all over the place. So it wasn't just handed to me on a silver platter. And so once that door opened, it opened Pandora's box. I then later did like Wendy's uh, commercials. Uh, you know, I was doing, um, you know, uh, uh, Milton Bradley commercials, um, US healthcare commercials. And then that later, had me kind of venture into industrial work where I learned about hosting. And then I remember when I was around 12 years old, I later then was able to establish a great modeling agency. I used to be with the Wilhelmina agency in New York, which is a very prestige modeling agency. Um, yeah, I was with Wee Willies. It was like the kid division because <laughs> oh, I did a lot of modeling when I was a kid. And then um, I signed with an, an amazing manager at the time, her name was Marilyn Zittner. And at the time she was managing um, Sarah Michelle Geller, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yes. So I remember like meeting Sarah, she was like kind of up and coming on when she was playing Susan Lucci's daughter and all my children. <laughs> right. And you know, I just thought she was the coolest thing ever. Uh, and I never, I'll never forget when I first met her, she had a headshot where she was like posed like this. And I said to my mom, like, I wanna pose like this in a headshot. And later in life, I posed just like her in a headshot. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> when I got the call for all that, I remember my manager was like, yeah, so there's this untitled sketch comedy show on Nickelodeon. They really don't know what they're doing, but it's a nationwide search. And they're looking for a diverse group of kids that are your age, that are tweens and teens. The only thing is, is you have to go in and do comedy. You have to come up with your own shtick. You have to have a comedy routine. They're going to give you some scenes to do, and you just got to go in and do your thing. And I was like, oh, I got this. And wow. 
I remember being really nervous because I never really did a whole bunch of stand-up comedy. I had my fair share of doing comedic things in parts and practicing improv and acting classes, but you know, doing a stand-up comedy routine was something newer to me, but my mom and I spent hours writing this monologue where it was about like my sister who had really long armpit hair and it would travel through the house and in my pancakes and I could swing on it like Tarzan. So that was my monologue I did. And then of course, when I was younger, I'm sure everyone can relate. I, was I had all of growing up, by the way. What was it? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm also of Italian descent and lots of body hair and it sprouted really early. I had to go see a doctor and everything, but it was all good in the end. But so anyway, that's amazing. <laughs> and then I had a bunch of hats on my wall as a tween. And I remember my mom was like, why don't you just take all your hats, put it in a bag. It's like a grab bag. And when you go in, just take a hat, put it on your head and play a different character. So part of my audition was that monologue mixed with me putting on like a hat that looked like Blossom, a hat, a hat that was like, you know, a hip hop girl, a hat that was like Rosie Perez. So I was impersonating all these different things on the spot. Like I just improv and went crazy. And they gave me a scene to do, and I'll never forget, there was like another girl that was a lot older that was there. And I was like, oh yeah, it's on. I was like, she's not gonna get it because she's old. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I auditioned at the Viacom building where they used to do TRL, where I think they still do a lot of things right now. For, right, 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 uh, yeah. And um, literally seven auditions later, I remember like by the third or fourth seven. or fifth audition, yeah. I knew like the, the receptionist's name <laughs> and wow, yeah, yeah, I yeah. ended up booking it. I was the only person out of New York that booked it. Keenan and I were the last. Keenan was just finishing Mighty Ducks oh and Keenan and I hopped in towards the end. And then that was just the start of my career. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel like, uh, do you feel that, Later, as, as your career has gone on, do you kind of draw from those experiences from all that as kind of your foundation? Or, oh, yeah. Okay, like that really, I mean, I feel like just being able to jump into all these scenarios, I know they say take improv and, and be, mm -hmm. be kind of versatile. I think that's great. I mean, I think that really gives you a solid. I've always just been myself. Yeah. This is who you see, that's this great. is who I am. You know, sassy, chatty Kathy. You know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm all about love and light. I'm really grounded, really humble for the foundation and the roots that Nickelodeon's bestowed upon me and being able to be a part of something so nostalgic that was a part of so many people's childhood. And now having parents have their kids be able to watch me on the new reboot while I help pass down the torch um, all the way down to other projects that I'm involved in because I do a lot of kid-friendly programming and that's been something that's really been a forefront for me because I think being a role model and being someone of mixed descent, you know, we need that positivity nowadays, especially with everything that's going on in the world. Yeah. So um, I will never, ever, ever forget my, my moment in time that I had at Universal Studios and meeting everyone and working with Brian Robbins, who's now the, the president of Nickelodeon. The president, right. Uh, you know, and working with um, just even all the original writers of all that are still back on the new all that. And yes. my relationship that I have with my cast, I mean, it's, it's going to be a bond that, yeah, we're stuck with each other for life. 
Yeah, I know. I I feel like you guys probably get this all the time, but you guys hang out. I mean, I feel like I just want to know, you know. Do you oh, yeah. Everyone's back in my room right everyone's now. Everyone's <laughs> right behind you right now, like waiting for their turn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I stay in touch with everyone, um, you know, whether it's through a text message or a phone call or FaceTime or social media. Um, and what's great is just, you know, if I wanted to, I could pick up the phone and call and say what's up to them all the way down to like, you know, I had the all that writers just text me the other day, happy birthday. I mean, you know, and, and, and just, you know, I think it's, we all started off together and I think we're all aware of that frequency and alignment that it's something we're always going to respect, you know, and never forget. Yeah. Have that bond. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. I was on your IMDb page. It was a couple of days ago. Thank you. Yes, I turned uh, freshly 21. <laughs> 21. You don't look a day over 16, I tell you. Yeah, I'm going, I mean, more. I'm going backwards in time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's awesome. No, that's great. And uh, let's talk about all that being back. I actually, um, I just, because I wanted to chat about it a little, I just watched the bit with you. Speaking of uh, Boy Scouts, it was the Girl Scout bit with you oh, as yeah. the counselor. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really resonated with me because I was in Boy Scouts, <laughs> like I just said, when I met Bill Parks. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks again, Bill. And uh, he made Eagle. He, he worked his way all the way up. I just kind of oh, went for the fancy. game. Yeah, he was all like, <laughs> let's level up. But uh, I mean, but I was a brownie and then I became a, a, a Girl Scout. I don't I can't tell okay. you all the badges that I had, but I had a couple. I had a couple. <laughs> nice. Did they uh, did you get any re- they reach out to you at all after that sketch? Um, I actually later in life ended up modeling for the Girl Scouts magazine. And I have to like, yeah, it was funny. I have to like the original like green outfit. Yeah, I have to find those because that was pretty like nostalgic. Yes. Classic. I did model for them later and I thought that was kind of a little full circle moment. You still have your book and everything? I do have my modeling book. Yeah. Like at one point I was the Scholastics model, you know, like those magazines that you would get in school. Like I think it was called Highlights. Yeah. 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 You oh, know, wow. so a lot of people don't know that I was on Reading Rainbow as a kid as well. Were you? I didn't know that. Yeah. I'll have to send you like the clip so you could see it. That oh, my New York accent in that is like, I covered a book called I Want a Dog. And that's literally how I said it. I Want a Dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I got to dig that episode up. I, I, I love that. I, I grew up watching The Next Generation, so I was a big LeVar Burton fan. Yes. And, uh, and that was on, like, they were like both on. And I was like, oh man, he's mm-hmm. everywhere. I love this guy. And I yeah, uh, was a big reader. As he's a the kid. best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still going, I think, uh, online or I think it might have come yeah. out too. I mean, everybody, I think, loved those iconic shows, you know, all the way down to Jim Henson's shows, to, yeah. you know, Fraggle Rock, to, you know, uh, Reading Rainbow, to just, you know, I, I, I don't really, I didn't really get into Barney because I was a little like past my generation. Yeah, I, I'm, but, not, I'm just a couple years younger than you are. And I think by then there was like, we were kind of like. Right, but everybody <laughs> loves Barney. Everybody loved the purple yeah. dinosaur. Big deal. Big deal for a lot of folks. And I'm happy yeah. for them that they found yeah. their thing. I do love dinosaurs, so. But yeah, I never really watched Barney. I remember watching you. Have you seen The Dark Crystal? I got into the Dark Crystal. I still have to finish watching it. Like, it's very intense. Amazing. It's really good. It's good stuff. Yeah, really, really good. I, I was so pumped that uh, I know, like, a lot of our favorite things are coming back. And yeah, yeah. the nostalgia factor is, is certainly there. Uh, so when they, they asked you guys to come back for all that, it was cool that you kind of are able to, like, pass the torch on to the next generation. I just think it's so awesome. 
Uh, how did that process go? Did they just reach out to you and say- Yeah, um, I, I reunited with everyone at a Good Burger pop-up event and got a chance to kind of see some of the writers and I met all of the new cast members and it was really surreal meeting them and they were so genuine and so excited to meet us. Like I remember when I met Gabrielle, the little girl that's kind of like the mixed version of me. I was looking at her, she was looking at me. I was like, you look like me, I look like you. (laughs) You're me. I'm not gonna say I could be your mother, but I could be your aunt or your older sister, wink, wink. And we have the cutest picture of us like hugging each other. And we do look like we're kind of cut from the same cord. Um, Because theoretically there is kind of an alignment and a frequency of each of the new cast members that kind of represent some of us original cast members to a certain extent, you know? And um, yeah, I, shortly after that, I recall getting a call about coming and doing a bunch of episodes and I had no idea what I was going to do. Like I was dying to read the scripts, you know, yeah. I wasn't sure if I was going to play old characters or new characters. I was really excited to play some new characters, which was the troop leader. Um, and then also Miss Wigglebaum Flores, which was the teacher. And of course they had to slime me at the end of that scene. Like, <laughs> why wouldn't I get slimed? But I remember a couple episodes in when I found out I was going to, you know, revive Island Girls 25th anniversary with Lori Beth. I was like really excited and emotional. And I'll remember, I remember like everyone came to that table read. Brian Robbins was there. Oh Everybody gosh. was there. And I was like, no pressure. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> it, it literally was like as if we just picked up from where we left off. The funniest thing for me was like, am I still going to fit in the iconic outfit of Kiki? But I did. I did. Nice. I did. The only difference was I think I had some eyelashes and some extensions because my hair wasn't as long. And right, right. I put on some bronzer, you know, on my legs. <laughs> But other than that, that sketch was so fun because there's certain scenes that you shoot in front of an audience and some scenes that you don't. Like the girl, the girl scout leader, I didn't shoot in front of an audience, but the one where I got slimed, I shot in front of an audience. And Island Girls, they had us front and center on the soundstage for that. And it was really like an out-of-body experience for me. It was like when I performed that sketch, I, I don't even... I think the lines just came out as if it was coming out of my soul. And it was kind of yeah. emotional because we were passing down the torch to two new, ca- two new cast members. And I wasn't sure, was it going to go to boys? Was it going to go to girls? But Chingoon and Nathan playing, you know, the island boys, it just made sense. Like, I remember I bonded with Chingoon where I was teaching him how I did forever and ever. And he then, you know, brought it to 2020 or 2019 at the time where he's like, you know, doing whatever this dance is that I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So it was, it was, you know, and I remember Chingun and his mom were like, we want to make you proud. We want to make sure that we do this forever and ever moment. Right. And I'm like, whatever you do is going to be perfect. You know, (laughs) it was really cute. So yeah, you know, and, and, I, I hopefully will be on another episode or so coming up in the future. I'm just waiting for air dates. Every It's funny because the new all that kind of airs like for two weeks, then off a week. Like it's very different programming 
compared to when I was on like every Saturday on sick. Now things are kind of like, for instance, we used to shoot all that very chronological, like whatever was in the script, that's exactly the order how they would air it. Now I could do a bunch of skits, but then they kind of dissect it a la carte and place it however they want. If that makes any sense. Yeah. They kind of so it's a little differente. Yes. New age, new rules. Yeah, it's fancy. That is fancy. Oh, man, it was such an inspiration. Uh, you guys, you know, it was like kids kicking butt, being up there, being different characters. Definitely it was Nick as a whole thing was just, which the, the orange ears nails so well, how it was kind of this mission statement behind it. Um, I really, I'm still buzzing off the whole experience and I'm so glad I got to, to meet uh, you know, Scott, Barber, we had an amazing talk. Just to be part of that, do you find yourself kind of missing that as, as you've moved on into other arenas or you've kind of kept it, keep it close to your heart so it kind of warms your soul as you... Yeah, I mean, I, it's always going to be a part of me. I mean, yeah. hence why I ended up hopping on board with the Orange Years tribe when Scott Barber and Billy and, you know, everyone reached out to me about being a part of the documentary. At first I was just going to get interviewed, but then I kind of call myself a little bit of the connector. A lot of people don't know, but I write and I also produce, and this isn't just my only project that I produced before. So um, I remember elaborating to them, like I would love to help get, you know, Keenan and Josh and a couple of other cast members just to fulfill that frequency and alignment. And then also, maybe help get other people. Like I was able to get Miss Alex Mack, Larissa. Yep. Um, and, you know, also, you know, just help place it in some people's hands and, and, and whatever I could do to help, you know, uplift and, and expedite the project. So I came on originally as on camera talent. And then later, you know, I was able to come on board as a producer and it just made sense. I mean, right. it's a part of my childhood. It shows Nickelodeon in such a beautiful, positive light. Really it does. gives a great backstory to what a lot of people don't know about, like Geraldine Laybourne, who was yeah, the Geraldine. female president yeah, of, of Nickelodeon. And the, the behind the scenes aspect of the animated shows like Doug and Rugrats and all that. And, you know, Nickelodeon was such a platform and such just kind of an open door policy to the kids in the 80s and the 90s that made us just kind of have this escape and getaway whether you were watching it from your home or like you said at someone else's house because not all of us had cable but everyone knew what at least Nickelodeon was right um all the way down to you know you can't do that on television I mean that was my first experience seeing Alanis Morissette open the lockers I don't know and they would get slimed you know yeah (laughs) so it, it was it was an honor to be a part of it on camera but then also to be behind the scenes and it, it, it really honestly if I wouldn't have hopped on board behind the scenes I would have felt like a little piece of me would have been missing so it made sense and now I've established a really great relationship with my Orange Years tribe and you know I'm doing other projects with Scott Barber now and um, awesome. yeah they've just become like family and I'm really excited you know it came out just this past November so it's still a couple months old and for those of you that haven't seen it, you can go to theorangeyears.com to find out ways that you can rent, buy, or stream it because it's a must-see for all ages. And Absolutely. it'll also educate you with stuff that you thought you knew but don't know. Yeah, no, I, I kind of said it like 
Nick was just a thing when we were kids and we were so grateful for it. But yeah, I think we took a little bit for granted how it actually all kind of gelled together under this kind of umbrella statement of for kids, by kids, not talking down to kids, just that right amount of naughty. And uh, yeah, my conversation with Scott was, was, was epic and amazing. And yeah, I mean, I, I know I've recommended people and they're hitting me up late at night, even sometimes like, I just watched it. Oh my God, I was going to wait till tomorrow, but I had to just let you know, thank you for the recommendation, you know, tears welling up in my eyes, laughing. And uh, it's just, it was incredible. So thank you so much for your contribution and getting and helping kind of connect the dots of getting the right people on board. And because I think it was a little bit of like Scott was saying, it was a little bit of the movie that could, where it was like, maybe we can get them. Probably not. Oh, we got them, you know? And then it just kept like anything else it snowballs and spirals and, yes. and grows. So, it's like a domino effect. Right, right, right. And uh, I mean, I know Scott's like, I oh, mean, I almost see it as a series and it was, it was kind of torture in some regards trying to, trying to lop it down to 90 minutes because there was just so much going on. But Oh, yeah. We, 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 it was so hard to figure out, like, what to keep and what not. Keep. We're like, can we keep it all? I know. <laughs> I know. And, of course, I'm like, I would I would pay money for, you know, Watching five it hours. Over and over this. again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh, uh, it was epic. Oh, man. Yeah, the Orange Years, the Nickelodeon story. Check it out. It's so amazing. Um. All right. Well, what have you been up to lately, Alyssa? I mean, your IMDb page goes on for like days over here. <laughs> um, I have some really great projects. So I have a movie that's called Break Even that just came out December 1st on video on demand. But you can also buy it off of Amazon and a million other places. You can go to breakeventhemovie.com to find out exactly what best suits your way of viewing it. But that movie was so much fun. It was my fourth project with director Shane Stanley. I play the role of Rosie. And this really shows me in a different light where I call it my like Michelle Rodriguez, Eva Mendez moment. Yes. <laughs> it's four friends. We find and steal $50 million and we're on the run being chased by drug dealers, DEA, FBI, and cops. Yeah. And we have a great cast. Um, we have Ivan Sorge. Joanna Pakula, uh, we have Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg. We have wow, who's another like, yeah. childhood favorite of mine. I mean, where you start? Yeah, who doesn't love him? He's like right. in all these iconic movies. And then we have, you know, a newer generation of actors: Tasia Tellis from the CW show The One Hundred, Brent Bailey. We have Eric Fellows and myself, and then the writer C.J. Wally, who's just amazing coming over from Europe and just really wrote an amazing piece of art. And for me, it was an, it was a mirage. I did not want to leave. We shot it for a little over two months. I was like living on a yacht, on a sailboat, on a speedboat in Catalina oh, Island throughout Los Angeles. And oh. I did a lot of my own stunts and I really bonded and made great friendships. And hopefully there'll be a part two at some point, but if, if you want an action movie and a reason to just escape this pandemic, Break Even is definitely the movie to watch. Um, and then what I'm most excited about, I don't have a release date, but I know it's going to come out at some point this year, is my, um, I don't want to say reboot, but it's the comeback of my cartoon from Disney called The Proud Family, where I play the voice of La Cienica Boulevardes. And... The Proud Family will now be on the new Disney Plus, but it's called The Proud Family Louder and Prouder. And we pretty much have all of the same cast, but we just had Kiki Palmer join the cast. And what's really exciting about this is 
it shows us as like from 11, 12 year olds to now more teens, you know, like I'm more like 14, 15 year olds. And we're also talking about modern topics, you know, more controversial issues, all positive, of course, but really educational and just showing kind of what's happening in the everyday moment in the world into present time, you know, at the time, like we didn't in the mid 2000s, when Proud Family was on, we didn't have really a lot of social media. So now, right. you know, we have social media incorporated in the show. So I'm really excited for when the official launch of the Proud Family comes out because we have hardcore fans that are dying to see it. And um, I've been recording new episodes as we speak from last year going into present time as we speak. And I know fans are going to be so thrilled to see this show. So, so cool. I'm really excited about that. And then last but not least, you know, when I'm not on set, I also coach and teach acting to all ages. So if anyone wants more information about my services, they can go to alisareyes.com. And, um, you know, I have a couple songs on all streaming services that, you know, you can check out. I have a song called Back and Forth that's on like Spotify and iTunes and Google and Amazon because I'm a jack of all trades. So I like to call myself a little bit of a triple threat. And then I do have a couple of new projects. Yeah, I have a couple of new projects coming out this year, but I can't really say anything when Whenever I, I do something, I'll, I'll post it on my social media, of course, and you guys could check it out. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, I want to I wanna unpack some of that stuff. Um, in regards to doing action on Break Even, uh, you, so this was your first, like, real action piece you've ever done? Or have you, have you done action? I would say, or? yeah, like, a real action. Like, I literally had shin splints at, like, the, yeah. yeah, at the end of it. I never ran so much in my life. Just right. running, holding a money bag, just running. <laughs> yeah, just running from the bad guys and uh, running mm -hmm. from drug dealers. And you, like you said, the DEA. Uh, yeah, stuff you do every day on a daily basis. <laughs> were you doing any kind of like stunt, you know, training? Did you have a trainer? Did you have to like go through all those motions or? Yeah, we had a stunt person there that, you know, kind of helped us figure out like what's the best way to run and do specific things. But one of the stunts, I, two stunts I had to do was I had to drive a, a, an old banged up car that, you know, I literally had to floor the gas and whip it and burn some rubber. And, and, you know, we had someone there kind of make sure that it was safe for me to do that and kind of give right. me some advice. Cause I'm like, you know, I don't know if you want this New York girl to get behind <laughs> the wheel. Cause I got my license later in life. Like I was one of those okay. that got the license like 18, 19. Cause like, you don't need a car when you're in New York right. subway everywhere. Yeah. And I was by coastal up until like my mid teens. And then I remember my mom's like, okay, you need to get a license. And I was like, all right, I will. Yeah. yeah. She made me like take driving lessons for two years. And I was like, mom, two she's years. like, I just want to, uh, yeah, that's what it, or that's what it felt like. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then there was another stunt that I did where I had to jump off a sailboat into the ocean in March in a bikini. Let's just say hashtag it was cold. Cold. But what a lot of people don't know is part of why what helped me seal the deal with getting the role of this movie is I have a nautical background. Okay. So I used to race speed boats in the early 2000s with a, a company called Superboat International. And I had a racing team wow. called Extreme Racing. And I had a, I was the driver. I had a throttle guy and I did a couple races and I drove a 29 footer fountain mercury non canopy cigarette boat. 
Wow. Like a badass. And it was probably like the biggest adrenaline rush I've ever had in my life. So yeah, shout out to the Carbonells. Yeah. And that was, you know, I remember when Shane reached out to me, the, uh, the director of the movie, he's like, I need to make sure that she's going to be okay on a boat. And I was like, I got this, boo. I got this. <laughs> Did you say the Carbonells? Was that like your, your team name? No, the Carbonells were the husband and president of uh, Superbone International, uh, Dina and John Carbonell. And I was so sad because this past year, John Carbonell passed away and they oh. were a family I was really close to. So anytime I can like promote their company, I will because they honestly took me in as family. And at one point, you know, my mom, she's in heaven now, but my mom and I spent like a Christmas in Key West with them. Key West is one of my favorite places in the world. You know, I was, I, I spent a lot of time in Orlando when I shot all that. So anytime right. I can go to like Miami or anywhere in Florida, I'm like all about it. Florida is one of my most favorite states to go and visit. Yeah, I actually went to school at University of Miami. So I got my undergrad film. Don't you miss that weather, even though it's humid as hell? <laughs> yeah, I know. I only, I only did one summer down there. And uh, I worked at the university center and just like hung out at the pool. Fortunately, there was a pool right there. But yeah, the mugginess was like, but then, yeah. yeah, what, like most of the year, it's just absolutely perfect. It's, it's just, good times. Good yeah. times. Yes, I, I also love Florida. I think that's why the transition to LA was a little, you know, I was like, oh, that's kind of natural. That makes sense. Plus the film. So, um, of course, I stopped in New Mexico in the desert for a few years first. Build up some crazy. New Mexico is beautiful. Yeah, I, uh, I try to go back when I can. I was just back about a year and a half ago for a wedding. Whereabouts? I was in Santa Fe for about a year yeah. and then I was in Albuquerque for about four. I've had some fun in Albuquerque. I remember like all their cops are on horses. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's pretty and cool. And I, I hit up like this I one bar town. It. Yeah, no, I know. I hit up this one bar <laughs> town and like they were trying to close it down. And I was like, oh, how cute the little cops are on horses. <laughs> and they're pooping everywhere. <laughs> yes, they definitely... They eat their body weight every day and then also poop out most of their body weight every day. Um, no, I loved it. It was, it was, they were really sweet and I had a good time there. Yeah. Yeah. I had a really, I had a ball there. I got to work on Breaking Bad and In Plain Sight. Oh, set. fun. Yeah, I got to do a bunch of really cool stuff out there. So I'm really grateful for my time there, but I was, I was ready to get back to kind of a coastal, coastal life again. Yeah. It's kind of like its own little but I love, it's, it's its own place. The food's amazing. But I like, I would love to do, my husband and I were saying like, I want to do like a Route 66 trip, you know? And, and you know, going through Albuquerque, you kind of pass through some of that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Remember that mm -hmm. movie Cars, the Pixar movie? You ever see that one? Oh, yes. Yeah, that yes. was great. I that saw was it a good later. one. And yeah, like all those kind of, because the original Route 66 ran through a lot of these towns and then it yep. kind of ended. So there's still like these kind of, pockets of uh no holes in the walls yeah yeah let's go yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, man let's do it but those are like the best yeah exactly that's what you want yeah red and green chili i was i was super hooked yes um, i'm making me hungry mail it to myself for a while but i had to wean myself off of it but uh, you had a, an addiction you had a problem yeah seriously <laughs> like don't do it. it's it, it does it to you it takes over. and they're like 18 tums later <laughs> i know right yeah it was kind of uh I was like, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> that's cute. But I love it. Um, in terms of doing animation, I think that's that's super exciting uh, that you get to kind of jump out of your body and, and be, like you said, you're playing character was like 14, 15. Mm -hmm. um, you, are you really enjoying doing the animation stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I started Proud Family, like, I don't know, like in 03, 04. 
So it's similar to all that where it's like two full circle moments where I'm like, not a lot of actors can say like, you know, they're back on two shows at the same time that, you know, are, are very iconic. And I think what's really right. special about the Proud Family is there's no cartoon really like it. It is really one of its kind with it being so diverse. I mean, Ralph and Bruce, you know, the creator and producer, uh, really came up with this amazing concept and, and working alongside like Tommy Davison, who was just a riot and I love, and Kyla Pratt. And then we have Soleil Moonfry, Miss Punky Brewster, who we love. And, you know, um, all the way down to like Cedric the Entertainer. I mean, it is such a wow. special cast of people that like, for me, I can't stop laughing. Though I do a lot of my sessions by myself, but when I'm able to like be with them, it's just like fireworks. Right. And, you know, believe it or not, you know, a Proud Family was one of my first animated shows. I remember when I auditioned for it, I got a call from my agent at the time. And they're like, they're actually looking for actors, not so much voiceover actors. They're, you know, because if you notice a lot of us, we're also on-camera actors, you know, not just, and, and, and a lot of on-camera actors do voiceovers, but we all kind of started together, um, as an ensemble being an newer ensemble, to yeah. the animated world. And I remember when I went in for La Cienica, you know, she was written as a typical Latin girl that maybe had an accent and did all these things and was kind of put in a little box. And I went in and I was like, can we kind of change her up a little bit and make her more Latin American and and yeah. and not make, make her talk like this, you know? Right. And they were like, yeah, let's see what you got. And I, I was like, what if we just kind of made her like this, like a valley girl a little bit and give her a little twist. Right. And they loved it and they rode with it. And, um, cool. you know, it, that meant a lot to me because it's like similar with all that. You know, the writers and producers listen to us. Right, there's a back and forth. There's a trust. There's a back and forth. And, yeah. and, and that was the same frequency that happened with Proud Family. So to be able to have been the only one that played this voice and to still go strong playing proud, uh, playing La Cienic on the Proud family. I really can't wait for fans to see this new season. Cause I think we've done like, I don't know, three seasons. And then we did like two movies or something like that. So this will be like the fourth season or something, even though it's like considered the new first season. Cause like all that's like season 11, even though they still call it like season one, like 10 years later, right, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So it's really, it's really surreal. And I knew Proud Family was going to come back. It was just a matter of when. Right. And we were supposed to start a lot sooner, but then, you know, this whole pandemic happened. Right. But what's yeah, great know, about being a voiceover. Yeah, oh, yeah I was just going to say the, the voiceover stuff lends itself. To it's huge now. Yeah. I, I could record remotely. In the beginning, I was recording remotely. And then they finally like, oh, we could bring Elise into a studio because it's just like me and an engineer on the other side. And then my whole crew is just on a TV, you know, right. talking to me like I'm in the Jetsons or something like that. <laughs> you know? There's <laughs> where you walk around on and everything. Yeah, basically. And Rosie, the robots, they're just a hand me a cup of tea. If you, is your throat okay? No, I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Man, that's so cool. Uh, Proud Family, it's not, even, it's not even mentioned that it's back yet on uh, IMDb, so... I know. I have a feeling it's going to be like a massive launch and they're just like gonna wait till the waiting and we, we literally are done recording, you know, most of a good chunk, but it's, let's just say it's going to, it's going to keep going strong. It's, we're still going with even more and more and more. So, cause with animation, uh, you know, it's, it's, 
it's different than shooting a sitcom or a TV show. You, you know, you could keep that baby going. Cause if you, if you look at IMDb, like I, I was, I was surprised. I even referenced like the first season or two. I was like, Oh my God, I did like almost 40 episodes. Like that's crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah, it was like yeah. 30 episodes, 20 some episodes. Cause some seasons of shows are like, you know, it could, it could go up to 20 or more, but you know, animation is a little bit of a different spectrum. Right, right. It's a different beast for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, and regards to your, your music stuff, when did, uh, when did you start realizing you wanted to pursue kind of the music element, music videos, singing? I did musical theater as a, as a kid. I went to the Old Fame School in Manhattan, the professional performing arts school. Shout out to my, my performing arts crew. Um, and in high school, I focused on musical theater. So, you know, I, as a kid, I auditioned for, I was auditioning for like Will Rogers Follies and, you know, uh, you know, all these different kind of Broadway shows as a kid. And I even had the same like singing, shout out to Bob Marks. He was my singing coach and he was the same singing coach of like Debbie Gibson and Britney Spears. <laughs> and I don't know if people know who Debbie Gibson is, but she was an 80s singer. I know her. Yeah. Shake your love. <laughs> and, yeah, and I love the 80s too. And um, singing was something that was always under my belt. I think as an actor, everyone can carry a tune, of course, and can dance, you know, but singing and dancing was a big part of my life. And I later, I would say like around, oh, late teens, early 20s, I had a record deal with Hollywood Records. It was Disney. And I was in a girls group called Three G's and Three G's had a song on the Princess Diaries soundtrack called Second Chance. And um, yeah, we did like a little mini kind of like TRL tour. And a lot of people don't know, but I was like a trading card on the back of a Toaster Strudel box. Everybody loves Toaster Strudels. You were a trading card. Yeah. You have to check out my Instagram page. I have it like there as a throwback Thursday. It was funny. I was raspberry. I was raspberry. (laughs) Oh man, great flavor. I don't know if you remember, there was like this concert in the early 2000s called Lollapalooza. Oh yeah. So we were a part of like that kind of thing. So, you know, a lot of people don't know, but I've been doing this music thing for a while. And then I later pursued a solo career and hence why I now have different singles available on all streaming platforms. I mean, the goal for me is to record a full album and really work on that, you know, but acting has been a huge forefront. So every time I try to do something musically, you know, I'm, I'm on set doing an acting project, but I always have that itch to want to do music. Hence why every now and then I end up dropping a single. And that's, what's great about now being an independent artist, you know, you can kind of just do things on your own accord, which is a blessing. Plus, I have more control, you know, rather than having 80 million people telling me who, what, when, where, why. So, right. you know, I like to write. I like to kind of just always stay creative. You know, I'm working on a kid's book right now. I'm really excited about that. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm working on a, a bunch of new animated new projects. And, um, I, I do have a movie that I'm producing that I'm working on now called Seeking the Red Rose in Mexico. And, um, you know, when I'm not on set, I, I love doing charity work. I'm a board member for an amazing company called the California Dance Institute. Um, 
It's a nonprofit program for inner city kids that give them the opportunity to get free dance classes and then to be able to perform. And it's a company that I actually worked with that's like kind of a sister brother company out of New York called the National Dance Institute, where I danced with 1,000 kids on stage in Madison Square Garden. And the founder was this amazing Russian ballet dancer named Jacques Demois. And he founded that company and he got inner city kids to do all of these amazing dance programs. And I was able to learn all of these different kind of dancing styles. And I did their summer camps and stuff. So when I came out to California, I found out that they had a brother sister company called California Dance Institute. And I was like, oh, I need to meet them. And so I shared that I'm like a past alumni and they gave me an opportunity to be a board member. So every now and then you might see me promoting about them because any way that I can give back, especially when it comes to the arts, I am all about it. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Yeah, keep you know, pay it forward and uh, help out the next generation. You know, cause yeah, because dancing and music and singing really is like, you know, healing, especially when everyone's going stir crazy being at home. Like who doesn't want to just maybe let loose and just let it out every now and then you, you, we, we, you know, everybody just lets it loose when you're by yourself and you dance in oh, your yeah. car or dance, you know what I mean? Shower. In the shower, yeah. I feel like, you know, is I when I do a, my I best. A, I need to put a mic in my shower. Okay. It's waterproof. I feel like I could cut it. I dare you. I want to hear it now. Now I'm compelled to want to hear yeah. that. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. <laughs> so we should do I a duet. I'm in. I'm in. Oh man. Lisa Reyes, this has been wonderful. Uh, I feel like we could go we covered the days, basics, but yeah, yeah, I feel like this has been wonderful. And uh, I'll put all I'll put all your stuff in the uh, in the description of the episode. But is there anything else you want to talk about? I know you also have a YouTube channel. So yeah, Reyes, I, have a, I have a YouTube uh, channel, the Lisa Reyes Forever channel. I'm on Instagram. I'm even on TikTok, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Snapchat, I'm on Twitter where I do 90s trivia Monday through Friday. I've been doing that for like a decade now and my, you know, my my fan base seems to really like that. It kind of goes with my nostalgic. No, I feel like on social media you need to have a little bit of a gimmick. So that's what I do on Twitter. Right. But it. yeah, you know, for more information just hit me up at alisareyes.com and you should definitely you know, DM me or email me your address. I'll send you a picture one of these days. Oh, I'd love to. I'll send yeah. you an autograph picture. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll put it up <laughs> on the wall here. Ah, I, oh, I see the, okay. The all that and more. Oh, I feel honored. I just checked out your whole like background. Yeah. Fancy. I like, I like knickknacks and uh, things that glow. <laughs> I, that little light strip, I have that on top of my TV. And I remember one time I had a friend come over and they're like, that is fancy. I was like, you have no idea. I am I, fancy. I, I love I love the glow lights. Yeah, Philips Hue strips. I collect them now. It's awesome, and they're not even that expensive. They're not. I know people are like. For like, I got it for like I think like a couple dollars. It wasn't even. Yeah. Oh my god. And these. You just gotta put it straight the, uh, though. Oh, I know. I was very meticulous with the. You only get one, one little light, it could be off. I know exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, Alyssa. Well, thank you so much for your time for carving out some time with me because you are a busy lady. And thank you for all your work, all your hard work on everything. And super exciting. We'll be keeping keeping tabs on you in the future here. Be in touch with me. Maybe we can do a piece when Proud Family releases, and then we can talk more about that. Oh, I'd love to. That'd be amazing. Thanks oh, again. I love you. I had so much fun. Yeah, this is great. I know this. Thank you so much. It was for like we out. were, you know, 
cousins talking all day, just shooting the shit. That's right. Doing our nails. Doing our nails. You're sweetheart. Okay. Bye, honey. Love you. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Bye.